Welcome to Incubate This, where technology and business come together to help startups start up. Brought to you by gotanappidea.com. Hello, friends. This is Cynthia, Daryl, and Grant uh, for Incubate This, sponsored by gotanappidea.com. And today we are talking about, what are we talking about? <laughs> Budgets oh. and, ti- and, and time <laughs> estimation. We're talking about the process of estimation. How do you determine budget and timeline? Uh, a few minutes ago, Grant was liking it to setting up a dartboard, turning off the lights, spinning around three times and throwing a dart. Uh, you have to spit too. Yeah, there has to be some spitting. Do you throw the dart backwards behind you? You could. Seems a little redundant with the lights out and your eyes closed. Yeah, you could. As Seems like the estimation is, is really... Um, it's a function of how much experience a person has. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be that many, um, although there should be. I mean, there ought to be ways to look at a project and, you know, just like if you can reuse software, you ought to be able to reuse estimates. Yeah. For certain portions. Yeah. But it just doesn't seem to happen that way. So there's a, there's a couple, there's a bunch of different factors that come into play that determine how accurate and good you are at this. One is how much do you know about what you're building, right? I mean, again, we can liken this to building a house. If you say I have six months and $500,000, what can you build me? As a whole different thing than saying, here's all the plans and here's the architecture documents and here's all the finishes pre-selected and here's the lot and, and then being able to say, can you do it in six months with $500,000? You know, those are two very different things. Um, so I think how much you know about a project definitely makes a difference in how accurate your, your estimate can be. Uh, the second thing is, you know, I love you both very much. Developers are typically horrible at this process. <laughs> uh, developers are optimists, and that's a really, really great thing because that's how you get to new technology and new ideas, and that's how, that's how stuff gets invented. Problem is when you take someone who is optimistic and who knows that he can create, he or she can create the thing you want, and you ask them to try and estimate how long it's going to take. <laughs> Two weeks. And $10,000. <laughs> uh, generally, whenever I ask for an estimate on something that I'm not sure of, if it came from a developer, I multiply it by two. <laughs> At least. Uh, no, two is about right. Is it? You, okay. you guys tend to be, these two in particular, tend to be about, about 50% more optimistic than reality. And that's just because in their minds, they do have so much experience in the you know building projects that in their mind they're like I can see all these steps getting completed and you don't see the obstacles you don't see the obstacles yeah because and you're like oh well, we've so done this before so many that are even trivial ones you know like our our account got closed on yeah. the service yeah and now I've got to sit here and spend the next few hours getting something set up again yeah you know there's all kinds of or silly stuff. external constraints that you don't have any control over. So XYZ client, we, you know, we normally use this stack for operate for for building in, but XYZ client has a hundred thousand dollar credit with IBM, and we're like, oh well, we got to try and figure out how to do that in IBM's cloud environment, whatever, which we would never do again. 
Um, and so there's a new element thrown into the mix where we, we think we understand it. Anti-endorsement. It was an anti-endorsement, (laughs) anti-marketing, the (laughs) anti-commercial. They earned it. Uh, Um, so talk to me, you guys, you two, what, what are you thinking about when you're trying to come up with an estimate on timeline or budget or, or trying to set expectations with a client about something? What's going to make everybody happy? <laughs> God, there's a lot of things. Um, I mean, but it all boils down to you just look at the thing and you kind of come up with a number. Yeah. In I your mean, head. Um, years ago, I uh, worked with a guy. We had a company and, and we would do estimates. In sp- We'd create spreadsheets where we'd break down things into these incredibly granular steps and we put a number of hours on each one of those things. And so at the end, we had a total and it looked really good when you handed it to somebody and they were like, wow, you figured all this stuff out. So you're obviously accurate mm. because you've thought of everything. Now we were precise, but we weren't accurate. I mean, that's, that's a big hilarious thing to me is the, the fact that breaking things down and getting very precise implies that, well, it must be the number itself must be an accurate number, but precision, precision and accuracy are different. Right. And that's something that is forgotten in, in that arena, I think a lot. And it kind of cracks me up that, you know, you're going to get all detailed, but for some reason we got to the end of the project, it was twice as long and <laughs> you didn't do half of these steps that you thought you had to do. You didn't even have to do half of them. And then there's a whole couple pages that you forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So precision and accuracy, like talk, what, what is the difference between those two things? Um, the precision is being very fine grained. Mm. Uh, Math is just the easiest place. You know, I remember when we were taught in chemistry class, you know, I've got a measurement over here that goes to hundredths point zero nine. And I've got a measurement over here that goes to hundredths point zero eight and then i multiply them together and i give you an answer that's point zero zero seven two and you give me an f because there's no way you can be more precise in your final answer than you were in your original numbers and they only went to hundredths how did you go to ten thousandths yeah and that kind of brings it home that what the differences are to me anyway yeah is that well i'm totally accurate yeah perfectly accurate on that calculation but the level I've, of precision I've is introduced different. a false level of precision. Mm. I need to round. Yeah. And now, okay, that's okay now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very different. I mean, by, by us breaking things down into very small sets of tasks, like create accounts table, create customer table, create, it looks as if, I mean, bottom line, if I've broken it down into hundreds and hundreds of tasks at that level, and then I put down two hours next to that, you just, you breeze over that and say, well, that's going to take two hours out of this total number of hours. I have no idea how long it's going to take to create that table. I may need to create three indexes or a a compound index with two columns, and I don't know how to do it in that database because that might be different. And suddenly I run into something where I'm spending like, more hours than I thought on something that I thought was simple, but because I've broken it down into such fine stuff, 
you automatically assume that each value is correct. Right. And so when you total those values, then you've got a total for the whole project. And that's the problem is that just because I have a thousand lines doesn't mean the value on each line is an actual accurate number. And it could then, take me 10 hours to create a table. And then what happens is you had, you take all these varying level of accuracy numbers and add them together to come up with a total project view. Imagine how and far off how you are. Far off, yeah, how far off you really can be depending on how overestimating or underestimating you were of each of those individual things along the way. And I think we, we had a conversation about Agile earlier. I think that's an appeal of that angle is more like, you know, what you were saying a little while ago. I, I used to say when, when about estimating that if you said to me, look, I've got to have this done by Friday, what can you get done by Friday for me? And, you know, if I if you tell me what your overall problem is or your overall direction, I can probably be a lot more accurate on that for some reason than if you say, here's what I want, how long will it take? Right. Because in the process, we decide where we're going to put our effort. And sometimes there's areas that we could put a lot of effort into thinking about the future, but we really don't need to put a lot of effort into them right now. Right. And so if you tell me, get it done by Friday, then I can do it the way that it's like, okay, it's done. I would like to do it a longer, better way. I'll make a note of that and I'll come back to it at some point. But it really, you know, it functions now. It's good enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when you say, yeah, here's my whole thing. How long would that take? It's just, oh, I it's, don't know. Yeah, it's too open. I, I think part of it too is, and th- this may be like a culture or a human element. We're afraid. We, you know, especially especially as a small a company like we are, you know, for us to be wrong by a lot means that either we have to go back to a client and and let them down, you know, and say, you know, either you got to back off on scope or we got to push out the timeline, and it costs us money. And for a small company, you know, it's one thing when you know Microsoft makes a ten thousand dollar mistake, they don't even probably notice. But for a company our size, when we make a $10,000 mistake, that's a big deal to us. And so there's that fear of committing to something. You don't want to create something that a client can't stomach, that they can't sign to because it's too big or it's too much money or whatever. So you lose the work altogether, but you also don't want to overcommit yourself by you know undercharging or undervaluing your work because then you're working for people for free. Like I said, it boils down to making everybody happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely in, in an organization, uh, there were times that I sandbagged because I didn't want to commit to like in my mind, I told myself, I think I can get that done in a couple days, but there's a few unknowns there and I don't want to say that. So it's going to take me all week. Yeah. And I actually, if you know, people get accustomed to that sometimes and you throw out your estimate and they're like, nah, it's going to take you half that. <laughs> and so they start, they start adjusting for that. <laughs> and then you got to watch out. Cause then when you get aggressive and they're cutting that in half in their mind, then they're, then you've disappointed them and you, you're like, but I said it was going to take this. Yeah. But you always say that. And I, you know, yeah. I've actually had that happen. And then when they, they come back, well, you always <laughs> say that. And then, and, and I'm like, 
and this is why because this sometimes you should have believed me yeah <laughs> wolf <laughs> oh <laughs> boy that wolf really scared you didn't it uh, he did he scared me he scared me so bad i ran into my microphone um anyway so we always tell people there are three aspects to a project there's scope which is what do you want to build there's budget how much money do you want to spend and there's timeline how long will it take you get to pick two so you have to pick the two that are most important to you. So if the most important thing is that it only costs $50,000 and that all of these pieces of scope are included, you don't get to say what the timeline is. And making someone make that d decision seems to, you can see it on their face as the most painful yep. thing. <laughs> yep. Because they're like, no, 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 I want that scope for 50000 in six months. Pick two. I understand you get two. You pick. What's the and old adage? You can have a good, fast, and right now, or good, fast, good, and fast cheap. Or cheap. Pick two. Yeah. yeah. Good, fast, and cheap. Pick two. Um, so all that to say, the, <laughs> the process of estimation is frustrating for everyone. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I promise you that no software company or no general contractor or no anyone who's trying to give you an estimate is trying to make it difficult for you or for them. They're trying their very best in good faith, I believe in most cases, to present you with what they really think. Most cases. In most cases. There are, there are scoundrels out in the world. We, we, we acknowledge that, that that does exist. But the problem is, in just about anything, I mean, if a plumber is, I, I, I was just going to say, if a plumber is installing a toilet, they should know what goes into that. But, Let's say they're pulling out the old toilet and there's something really wonky going on in your in your main pipe down into the sewer system. Or the whole subfloor needs to be replaced. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the analogy still applies. It's like, based on everything we know and all the things that we think we understand and then the millions of times we've replaced toilets, this is what we think. We don't know what's going to happen when we pull out your toilet. <laughs> like... And it's not, we're just as frustrated by that as, as you are as a person purchasing services from a company like ours. Believe me, probably next time, more next so. Next time somebody asks me for an estimate, what, you're asking me to predict the future? <laughs> <laughs> if I could do that, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> I would use my powers for lots of other things. Yes. <laughs> if I could predict the future, bro, I wouldn't be on your project. <laughs> <laughs> so... In, in a world where we know that we don't know what we're going to find when we take up the toilet, how do you make everyone happy? How, how do you do that? Like, how do you satisfy a customer, help them get to where they want to be, and set expectations that everyone can get behind and, and that are reasonable expectations? Lie through your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Kidding. <sighs> You just you do the best you can. I mean, does it? Do you have to? Do you have know. to outsource India and Romania and Bulgarian developers <laughs> in order to make any to make a budget happen? Hmm. It depends on the project too, right? Mm. I mean, in that scenario, that might be actually a good idea, but it might be a really, really bad idea. Yeah. It's hard to say. Hmm. I guess. For us, we always try and we try and do. It's really easy to fall into 
getting excited about a new client and wanting to make them happy and wanting to please them and wanting to tell them what they want to hear in the beginning and leaving the more difficult conversations until you have to have them later on in your project or when things start going off the rails. I generally tend to come at it a different way. We're right from the beginning. We're very honest with people about timeline, budget, realities, constraints. Pessimism. What we don't know, we don't know. Well, sure, it could be looked at as pessimism. Pragmat, pragmatism. Pragmatism, yes. I would say it's more pragmatic and giving people all of the information up front. Now, there's definitely bids that we do not win doing this because we say right from the beginning, here's a realistic budget, here's an estimated realistic time frame. We say, here's all the things that we don't have answers for that we really can't get answers for for you until we're in the middle of the project and go from there. And there's definitely work we don't win doing that. But the work that we do win, our clients are pretty happy people. They get what they expect. If we have to have a conversation about, okay, there's an area, there's an area here where there's something going on and we, we really didn't, didn't get this thing. We didn't, we didn't have a good handle on it. We take responsibility where that's our, where that's our job. We ask our clients to take responsibility where it's theirs. And like when we talked about outside circumstances, um, what you're kind of asking for is a little understanding. Yeah. In those situations. And, um, it just hit me that like the more, the more transparent and preparatory you are going into things or in the beginning of things, the more likely everybody is to, okay, something came up. Yep. How are we going to deal with it? Things have been going along pretty well. So, you know, we'll get through this one. Yep. Um, rather than, ah, finger pointing starts and yeah. And oh, it's been this from the and, beginning and, you know, we thought we could depend on you, but all along the way, now we're having to micromanage you. And, and I yeah, think part of the problem is that we know ahead of time, then when the things come up that we don't know, it's a lot easier. When, when it's that plumber, yeah. he can, he can say, come here, let me show you. And he can say, see how you see all that rot. And you yeah. can go, damn it. Now I'm gonna have to spend all that money. Yeah. Whereas we can point to the code and we can say, see all that rot or whatever. And they're going to go, I don't know what that means. Yeah. And so then they don't believe us, you know, so then maybe. There is, there is a little bit of that overcoming that shystery feel, yeah. right? Where I don't, you know, I'm a guy who has an idea or I have a company and I have to have a website and I have to have an API or whatever it is I have to have. I don't understand how that works. So you're telling me there's rot and I'm like, I don't know how to validate that. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to know if you're telling me the truth or not. And it's going to cost you money to take it to someone else to tell you that, right. to, to get confirmation. Right. So all this to say, <laughs> if you've had pain in a software project, you're not alone. <laughs> and usually the pain is on both sides of the table. And Try, try, maybe try and understand that your excitement, your enthusiasm for the project, look for all the places, look in the dark, like peer into those dark places where things are that you don't know, you don't know. Um, and ask your, ask your developer a lot of questions and ask, don't be afraid to take a little bit of extra time to, to dig in as much as you can. Um, and don't be afraid of, bursting your bubble a little, you know? I mean, 
look, if you, if you're still the person who thinks that you're going to get your app done for $10,000, you're crazy. I'm just telling <laughs> you right now, you're crazy. Okay. Let's not insult everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Apps don't get built for $10,000. If somebody's making but you're you, smart enough to know that. You are smart enough to know that. And if somebody's making you that promise, the gut check should be, do I really believe that that is real? Do I really believe that's what's going to happen? Or are they sucking me in? Only for the first 50 callers. That's right. <laughs> Call right now. It's only 10,000. That's right. 1-800-GOT-AN-F-IDEA.COM. Wait, that's too long. <laughs> Uh, who cares after after a few care after a few numbers? It doesn't Nobody matter. pays attention anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right. Any last thoughts about estimating budgets, timelines, the software development process in general? Any advice? Nope. Not I. No. All right. Nope. Uh, well, thanks guys for participating today. We've had fun. Uh, this is Grant, Daryl, and Cynthia from Rika Technologies for GotAnAppIdea.com. We'll see you guys next time. Looking for more tips, tricks, and advice for your startup? Visit us online at gotanappidea.com. <laughs>